Life Her Podcast. Hey girl, thank you for tuning in to Life Her Podcast. We are here to inspire you, lift you up, and let you know we see you in all of your love, strength, power, and courage. So sis, let's take a journey together because our experiences are not our own and cycles, they need to be broken. so glad to be here <laughs> i'm glad that you are here too so let's touch base on first glance tell us a little bit about it and what do you have going on with it oh man uh i have a lot going on with it so first glance um for those who don't know is a youth center in the kenmore area of akron and we hang out mainly with teenagers although we offer 11 different programs that range from itty bitty babies all the way to 30 year olds um but yeah, we offer kind of these different programs to just give a safe space for teenagers and young adults to come. We have, you know, uh, official programs like the Connect that works with young moms and Man Up and Ladies Night Out that are gender specific. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really what we try and do is meet a lot of physical needs. Okay. Um, so we eat dinner together, right? Family style. Oh yeah. Yeah. Let's eat it. <laughs> yes. So without cell phones, electronics, yes. And stuff. Uh huh. Okay, yeah. Great. We sit around. <laughs> I make them sit beside me. It's great. All teenagers love that. Just in case you're wondering. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and then we meet a lot of emotional needs. So we our our goal. We have 85 volunteers, and I tell all of our oh. volunteers like. Your job is just to be a number one fan for these teenagers. Yeah. So teenagers who walk through our door come from all uh, backgrounds and walks of life. Some have parents who are able to kind of be their number one fan, and some come from backgrounds where they don't have a number one fan. And so right. I feel like no matter where your background is, you can always use an outside person that thinks you're great. Oh, right? yeah, and, definitely. And, it could bring people in also that volunteer. It could humble them too. Oh, yeah. No, no, sometimes you don't know what you're walking into until you actually come to it. Yeah. And experience it. Yeah, for sure. And I would say our volunteers are challenged and encouraged, honestly, a lot of times more than even our students, right? Oh, yeah. Just like um, a lot of times it introduces us to just different people and different backgrounds and different ways that people function. And I think that's Mm -hmm. so fascinating and so fun. I think that is really cool. Yeah. So what made you start First Glance? Um, I really, at the time, so I was in, I was actually in college when I started First Glance. I didn't know I was starting a nonprofit. I I worked for a church. I actually worked for the chapel in Akron. Uh And it was, um, we were doing a lot of outreach events and doing some different things with teenagers. But ever since I was young, so I grew up actually in a Christian home. Uh, Both my parents are Christians and and we went to church every week. Um, But when I was in high school, I was really, it really impacted me and challenged me. Like some people have not been exposed to to the hope and love of Jesus, right? Yes. And so what I learned was, this is is earth shattering right here, ready? Mm -hmm. People who don't go to church, don't go to church, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Okay, it's not not rocket science, I know that. But that's what I realized is we were doing these outreach events and we were doing things and you could get people to walk into a church for a minute, right? But why is it when Papa John says you're going to get a free piece of pizza, 
there's you know three hour wait and if a church on their church sign says free pizza on wednesday night nobody's, nobody's coming. coming yeah and so as i hung out with teenagers my heart ever since i was young my i think god just created me this way where it's just i always had a heart for the unchurched and uh and for those who didn't experience the hope and love of God, not because I'm trying to sell a religion. I don't want mm-hmm. you to believe what I believe because I believe it. I've experienced that God really does fulfill more than anything else. Right. And so when I watch teenagers, especially who are trying to figure out their identity, right? Uh, Even at yeah. 40 at times, I still <laughs> feel like I'm trying to figure out my identity. Yes. Right? Last week I bought a pair of, or um, in December I bought a pair of, shoes that have flames on it and the other day I wore ripped jeans and shoes that have flame on it and checkered shirt and I was like I don't think I dress like a normal 40 year old right I'm, I'm owning it yeah. but teenagers are trying everything to find love and affection mm-hmm. and identity and sometimes drugs and alcohol to help surpass the the lack of love and affection mm-hmm. and identity and so as I've watched teenagers wrestle through life, I just want them to understand God really does fulfill. This isn't some cheesy Christian line. Like, right. I've, I've seen a lot of things. I've experienced a lot of things. I've walked all sorts of different paths. And what I've learned over and over is God really does satisfy. Mm-hmm. And if they could find their true identity in the creator of the universe who spoke things into being, who once, who created them perfectly, right? He created them exactly yes. the way he wanted them to be. If they could see that and know that, I want their identity to be found in truth and not in lies. Lies, yes. Because a lot of people hide their identity all the way until they're like 60s and 70s and they're not living who they truly are. So it's really good that you are presenting that to them so they can actually see another line of life like, okay, look, this is not you. This is you. But let them experience that. So that's really yeah. good that you're giving them that opportunity yes. to be themselves. Well, thanks. Yeah, we, we and so what we try to do is create a really safe space that the average, you know, I even had a conversation with a few girls the other week. Um, and I said, hey, do you guys go to church? And they were offended and appalled. Like, no, no, we don't go to church. And I said, you know, First Glance is a Christian organization and I'm, love Jesus right (laughs) and they're like oh yeah 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 but you don't count Noel like first class doesn't count and so to create a safe space that says hey we're gonna love you right where you're at there's not a there's not a a plus b equals c you don't have Mm -hmm. to sit and hear us talk about the bible in order to get a meal you know there's not like this it's not a negotiation it's Mm -hmm. come know me they call me you know a lot of my girls call me mom right mm-hmm. they call our volunteers mom and dad like we become a family a whole family and if i love them enough to help them have a meal or find a job or get their license i've taught many students how to drive cars or get their temps you know so you, just, me. <laughs> you just walk <laughs> through life with them if i love them enough for those reasons then i love them enough to tell them about the hope and love of jesus not to not to force it on them but right. just to say hey guys this is this is where your identity can mm-hmm. be found and yes. some find that and they love it and some say hey noel i'm glad that you you have your religion but i i don't want that and that's okay, that's too. okay too you know yeah. and and so my heart breaks for them at times um but they know that they have relationship with me forever yes. that there is not um i never i want first glance to be a safe space for that mm-hmm. um but never a never feel condemning or divisive right right um i just um throughout your experience 
share a personal testimony that you experienced of having a child come in needing your help? Um, I know you have many. I, I do have well, many. Which, which one of them is like real, like to the point, impactful, and people not knowing? Because you know, everyone, you know, I always hated the saying, "You're not a child. You need to stay in child's place," or "You don't. You're not stressing. You don't have any bills to pay." Hmm. But a lot of people use that saying to children when children do go through things. They True. do have feelings. Too, just because they're not paying bills or have adult responsibilities, sometimes those responsibilities are given to them based on their living situation. So what is a living situation that you experience of seeing one of your kids come to you with help and had a breakthrough in a testimony of successful life? Sure. Oh, man. Uh, picking one is the hardest. Oh, yeah. I already know. Because <laughs> it can be so many. There's so many. Um, <laughs> it's only going to be one. I know. Um, I think, let me, here's a story that I want to share that's not necessarily like us success happily ever after but it was such a it was it was such an it was so good for me to recognize and so um I had a girl and she always called me mom for years and years and um and one day she shows up in my office so she's graduated the I mean she's in her she's 25 at this point she's lived in another part of the state she comes back she shows up in my office like holy cow, I didn't even know you were in the state, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I'm so excited to see her. Mm -hmm. And so as I leave, I say, hey, do you you have a cell phone number I can text you at? And she says, oh, your number is still, you know, and she rattles off my number. Now, Mm -hmm. this is not normal in this day and age for anybody to know anybody's phone number, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) And so I say, I say, hey, how do you know my phone number? And she says, well, I memorized it in case I ever went to jail. And, I, and I, she's like, you're the person I was going to call when I was in high school. And, wow. I, and I thought, this is really funny, right? Yeah. It was half funny. But as I thought about it later, at this point, when she was a sophomore in high school, she had been in 12 foster homes. Wow. And so me being mom in her life, I really was, even though I ran a youth center in the mm-hmm. middle of Kenmore, I was mom to her, right? Yeah. And... Um, and I remember having lunch with her one day. So she's she ends up she's pregnant and she's back and forth on marrying this this guy. And I'm just processing it through with her. And I said, Well, and so we're having this conversation. And at one point she stops me and she just says, Noelle, your life really is happily ever after. Don't you understand? Like I didn't have the luxury of your life or making decisions in that way or getting married to a guy I dated in college like I'm in this hard circumstance I don't have a lot of family support my life isn't necessarily going to be happily ever after like yours and it was that was challenging right that was it was a wake-up call for me at times in and and really shifted some of my conversations even with my staff and volunteers 
of saying, I can't, I grew up, and I can be really honest, I grew up, I'm white, I'm middle class, and I'm 40 years old, and I grew up in the church, right? Mm -hmm. And that is opposite for the majority of those, right? That comes, (laughs) that comes, or, you know, and and for her, like, Mm -hmm. and so to realign even my perspective, right, Mm -hmm. is saying, I want kind of what you want. Now, I've seen countless students come through, and I do think that we have the opportunity uh, to teach unofficially a different way, right? If if you grew up in a home that when you fight, you yell and scream and swear, mm-hmm. and now I'm fighting with somebody, arguing with somebody in front of them, and I'm not yelling, screaming, and swearing, that's a new perspective, yeah. right? I've been married for almost 20 years. I made it 20 years, and I tell my girls all the time, I've been married for 20 years, and I've never been hit. And for my girls, at times, their response is, my boyfriend hits me, but I deserve it. Yeah. No. No, they don't. No, they don't. <laughs> and so we have this opportunity to speak life into yes. them and to teach different ways just simply by being. So people ask me my curriculum all the time. We don't have a curriculum. It's called... We live life alongside them. Yes, people ask me that too. <laughs> it's it's to a point where when we have our have these youth, you don't have time to think about a database. No, <laughs> <laughs> because it's real life situations. We're going through real, real life things with these children, so it's it's really amazing that you're doing that because it takes a lot of time, a lot of patience. A lot of energy. You have to <laughs> cleanse your spirit and your soul constantly because a lot of people don't know when you're helping these children, they have demons within them, and those demons could try to go into you and attack your spirit and affect you mentally and physically and emotionally yeah. and everything for you not to move forward because you're making a difference. But luckily, you're a child of God and you have that faith and that strength to keep going. Yes. To help them. <laughs> John 15. I preach it all the time. Yes. John 15. You have to stay connected to the mind. John 15, 5 says, literally, apart from me, you can do nothing. Yes. And and at first glance, we've created prayer rooms where we pray for the students by name. Oh, and wow. every staff member is required to spend an hour in the prayer room every day. Wow. And that's for two reasons. One is stay connected to the mind. Like, we see, hear, and experience hard things. Yes. Um, in the last 10 weeks, three of my former or current students have died. Wow. That's the reality of our ministry. When we have 1,400 pictures, we print the students' pictures, mm-hmm. anybody who's come in the last two years. Right mm-hmm. now there's about 1,400 pictures with their names, and we pray for them by name. And when you have students on that board who have passed away, it makes mm-hmm. the reality and the urgency of what you're doing real. What's the age? Uh, um, age? Now that's <clears throat> all the way through um, – Little kids on our prayer board is little kids all the way through the age of 30. The majority of those who pass away, and I unfortunately, those are my statistics, mm-hmm. um, where I will go to one or a handful and often host mm-hmm. funerals for students or former students. Mm-hmm. And that's usually young 20s. Wow. Um, I've had teenagers. We just unfortunately had to have a funeral for a young 19-year-old. He had cancer. Um, and sadly we buried his, his brother a year prior, this poor family, five kids. And we, and we buried their 22 year old in October and the following November, we helped host a funeral for their 19 year old. And so 
that's the reality. So this, mm-hmm. you know, I love First Glance. Um, I, I love these teenagers more. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. And so people who are listening, oh, that's a nice organization. This is a nice person. Please take me off your platform or, you know, your pedestal right now. Please take me off your pedestal. (laughs) Here's the reality. I hang out with teenagers and sometimes I do really well and sometimes I fail and sometimes I say the right thing and sometimes I say the wrong thing. And really, I just love them. Um, And unfortunately, Kenmore has a bad reputation for, uh, for, for kids and for teenagers, and I just, I want, and I, for a long time, even if you probably look at our brochures and things, at times we've used the word at risk. I don't, I don't want to use that, yeah. right? There's already this stigma on them yes. that they're coming from some bad background or something. I don't care about the background, right? Mm. They're individuals that God created and loves, and sometimes they've gotten a bad shake in life, right? right. They're, whether it's home life or some, they've experienced some crazy sort of abuse or they whatever finances where they live they moved a million times it doesn't matter they're not bad kids right Mm -hmm. i had a guy come into my building one time and he saw the teenagers and and he had interacted with them for a bit uh a couple he had come a couple different times and at one point he says you should close your program all those kids are gonna end up in jail or or dead or on welfare i think he said three different things and and he's just so comfortable like how do you know this and and and, you know and i not in that moment or in you know everything in me wants to just say a lot of things (laughs) did he say it in front of the kids or no he said it just to me um wow it's a lot on you i you know i obviously (laughs) years later still think about it like don't they're great kids. They're awesome. Mm-hmm. They're teenagers who want to be known and loved and have a purpose in life. They're mm-hmm. not bad. Don't judge them before where they're at, right? And you're looking at a crowd and you're making stereotypes that aren't true because of where they grew yes. up or what color they are or what you know, how yes. saggy their pants are. Like, who cares? They're yes. teenagers. I, I don't think, um, care. I think at some point um, with me working with youth, I feel like some adults should take accountability a lot. Because even, like, do on, like, social media and everything, I see kids, I see a lot of adults start drama stuff, and then it drift off to the kids. And they end up somehow involved in the same thing with the adults started. And sometimes I see kids have a whole drama thing going on. And then I see the adults start drifting off. And they in kid drama, not even knowing that these kids started this. Oh, man. And you as an adult starting it. So it's, it's pretty bad to a point where I think a lot of people need to face reality and understand their identity and who you are, like you were saying. Yeah. Like, identity crisis is really real just as much as mental illness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like, just as much. It's pretty bad. Yeah. And there's there's just not a knowing. And so that's the hard part. People want to make a strong statement, you know, about group of kids uh, you know and, and it could be based on what a number of things right yes. <laughs> and 
And that's always, and that's our temptation as humans is to just mm-hmm. make a snap judgment, right? I right. I always talk about, um, I use the example of like when you're driving. When you're driving, you're just mad at the blue truck in front of you, right? Yes. There's no personal <laughs> anything, right? Mm-hmm. They've cut you off and you're just mad. Uh, if it's the same situation in the grocery store and you can see that person eye to eye and you see it's a little old lady who just accidentally almost ran her cart into you, you're a lot more gracious. Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes in life, and what I've experienced, and this is where I get real protective, you could probably hear my protective tone (laughs) of my kids, is people want to say, because of X, Y, Z, this is going to be true. Yes. And they don't, they haven't, they're just are identifying the blue truck that's making them mad, right? Mm-hmm. They're not looking them into eye to eye. They don't know their background. They don't know their home life. They don't know anything. And that's why even at the beginning of this, I said, like, our students come from all backgrounds. Yes. All colors, mm-hmm. all socioeconomics, yes. all ages, all support systems, mm-hmm. all education. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. all of it. Oh, so even to try and, you know, that's why I try and even get away from some of the words that, that I in the past have used, like, right. you know, at risk or whatever. No, they're just, they're just students. They're teenagers who just want to be known and loved. So with you having first glance and everything, a lot of people see the the main thing of it, your accomplishments, how much space you have and how beautiful it looks i love the remodeling stuff it's really really nice and a lot of people will see that however what are the things that you've been through a lot of people don't know that you've been through things as far as building that whole foundation for kids even as far as having a nonprofit. Maybe you didn't start off getting grant funding. You could have used your own money to even get through it. Yes. So what are the some of the things that you've done for you to get as successful as it is right now? Sure. Uh, I love that question. Thank you for asking me it. You're welcome. Because people do see. Um, we're hitting 20 years. This year is our 20th anniversary, oh. right? Um, and... As I said before, I was in college when when it started, and really, I didn't know I was starting a nonprofit. I didn't have this grand vision, I'm going to hang out, we're going to see a thousand teenagers a year, we're going to own buildings, and whatever it is today, Mm -hmm. right? Um, What I want everybody to know is be obedient to the next step. So Mm -hmm. I started, I wanted to go outside the walls of the church, because people don't go to church, don't go to church. And so I said, my friend Karen Freeman, she helped me start it. Um, she says, hey, there's nothing going on for teenagers in Kenmore. So we asked the community center, can we use your community center for free? So we used free community center. Nice. We gave away pizza. <laughs> so we covered our costs on pizza. And there was no other, I mean, it was 22 kids showed up, right? Mm-hmm. And within a few weeks, we were averaging 60 to 80 students. And, mm-hmm. and eventually, we started oh. renting a building. And when we rented that building, uh, we grew but I remember at one point when we were raising money, we had to come up with like $12,000 for the year. $12,000 for the year is little, yes. just in case you're wondering. I mean, in the sense of for operating a, a whole program. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't getting paid. There's a whole stint. There's three years I didn't get paid. We didn't have outside funding, right? Mm-hmm. So we started under the chapel in Akron. And then in 2004, we, be, we came out from under the 
chapel i recognize and i decided to start working for free to run it mm-hmm. um and and that was all i mean we still have a great partnership with the chapel that that wasn't a harsh a hard feelings yeah. um in 2005 we become our own official nonprofit, and it wasn't until 2007 that we got our first grant Wow. So we were functioning. I remember, I mean, Karen Freeman and I would just say, do you have any money in your account? Nope. Do you have any money in your account? Nope. Okay, we need to find $50 more, right? And that's yes. literally how we function. Yes. And there were stints and seasons. You know, I was thinking even today, we have um, 11 people on staff and we have all these programs and, and a lot of part-time staff. But, I, you know, it was like if you walked past a piece of trash, the only person who was picking it up was me. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, you you just do all the pieces and parts. I did all the mailings. I did all the things, right? Yes. I mean, you're yeah. so many people. <laughs> you're all the people at one yes. time. And I'm so grateful 20 years later we have an actual copier that works and a phone system that makes sense. You know, we were, yes. <laughs> we finally got a super part time administrative assistant and she worked in the furnace room, right? Yes. That was her office. <laughs> We tried to make it look nice, yeah, but it was cold. A little fancy. And it was, it was literally the first room, but wasn't warm. And then if the phone rang, she would literally walk across the entire building and oh hand it gosh, to me. Because really? <laughs> we didn't have this yeah. phone systems. And, and so um, <clears throat> that's part of the reason, and I know we're going to talk about Aquamama on Purpose in a minute, but that's part of the reason I wanted – to even do Aquamarine on purpose, there's such a temptation at times to put people, because I run a nonprofit in Akron, people in the Christian community kind of know who I am, yes. right? And um, <laughs> and the, and there's a temptation, right, to put people on a pedestal or to say, oh, well, you were in college when you started it. Well, I was in college when I started a free community center and gave away pizza and 22 kids came. And I had no clue I was starting a nonprofit. I had no clue I was going to have to learn leadership skills or know what to do when the basement flooded or, you know, literally bucket out poo water that had flooded our basement. And I fell in it. Like, this is those are not the glory days, (laughs) right? And people don't know that. They don't know know that. They don't know until... They actually ask you. Sure. Have you ever had moments where you just like, okay, I can't do this anymore. I want to give up. I'm over it. Have you had those feelings? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, there were whole seasons where, you know, and actually right before we ended up hiring a business director. Um, and I keep telling people, we, and we hired him uh, seven or eight years ago now. But right before we hired him, I thought I was, I thought, I mean, if he wouldn't have come on, I would have been done because I was doing all the business side, mm-hmm. receipts, transactions, oh. all this stuff. Um, and at that point, we had quite a few staff. Um, and then on the other end, I was still running all the ministry stuff, running building projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I was burnt out, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. And just... <laughs> I know it's shocking, but at 22, I did not know how to do self-care, right? (laughs) And it wasn't even a conversation. And so it took a long time for me to learn how do I recharge? How do I re-engage? Most people would be surprised if you know me, but I'm actually a super high introvert. So I love people, but the way I recharge is to be by myself. And so to run a very relational, first glance is, 100% 100% relational like mm-hmm. we just hang out with teenagers right? right we have programs but we hang out with teenagers 
uh, and volunteers and, and so forth. Man, I was burning out because yeah. it was so people all the time. And then I kept inviting people to live with me, right? I've had Oh, yeah. <laughs> we did get that part, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> so we've had 13 people live with us. And just recently, um, we are, we have nobody living with us, which is the first time in eight years that oh, we've had one, wow. two, or three people living with us since uh-huh. 2005. And... We had a one-year break in 2008, and since then, we've just always had people living with us. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, like, crazy. Wow. So you bring the ch- some of the children that you do help, some of them end up yeah. living with some you. Yeah, some end up living with me. Yes, I understand mm-hmm. that. Sometimes it's not even, yeah, sometimes it's students. Sometimes mm-hmm. My niece, my nephew have lived with me. I mean, just... Someone. Volunteers, <laughs> you name it. We've had babies. We've had adults. We've had it all from, you know, some live with us for a year so with us for three years so a month you know it's just so it's random but yeah so there have been so many moments where I didn't think I could do it and so many moments where I've thought I I can't I don't know how to do this Mm -hmm. right like I was thinking the other day we we hosted not like oh we helped somebody figure out how to host it how to do the funeral but like we physically host funerals and funeral dinners Mm -hmm. like at what point do you learn how to do that? Yeah. And I and I learned it. And I don't I don't know why. And there were moments where I'm like, why is this person entrusting me to host their host their funeral? Right? And <laughs> and so and we can, right? I mean, yes. I didn't screw it up. But there's things that you just do because you're just now presented with this. Yes. What do you do when? And and I get those questions all the time, right? Somebody mm-hmm. was you know, I get and with teenagers, a lot of suicidal ideation, a lot of, um, yeah, and a lot of self-harm and those sorts of things. And mm-hmm. so there's this question of, like, how do you help these people? How do you help them? How do you help, you know? And it's just, it's hard. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, we don't we don't have the answer. I don't have the answer. I'm making it up all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's good you do time alone. Because, listen, you got to clear that mind. <laughs> I know. Yeah, especially with you doing so much. And you, yeah. you probably, like, think constantly. So you got to give your brain a rest. Yes. All mm-hmm. the time. So you mentioned something about Acro Women on Purpose. Yes. And, guys, let me tell y'all about this <laughs> event. It is amazing. I mean, it's the, the women that she has speaking the organization of it, the thought of it, everything. She really takes her time organizing this event, and it's breathtaking. So tell us a little bit more about it. Uh, yeah, so Acro Women on Purpose uh, came about a few years ago where um, I was challenged. Somebody kind of somebody came up to me. This is a really random story, but uh, yeah. uh, I was <clears throat> having fr- dinner with my friend Carol Almer, and at the time she was the director of World Relief, um, and I am the director of First Glance. And, and this woman walks up and she's having this conversation. And um, super, I mean, she's just telling us this whole story. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those where I'm like, oh, you look familiar. Who are you? You know, and, yeah. and I'm trying to piece it. And, and so finally Kara asks her. But in the middle of her story, she stops and she says, wait, Kara Almer, Noelle Beck, you guys, you're, you're eating dinner together? Like, is this, is, this a, is this a work event? Is this like, 
you're, are you friends? Like, what are you doing? Right? And <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I'm just a human. And yeah. I mean, and we're like, not. <laughs> but I mean, we, sometimes we don't know how much of an impact we make because we naturally do it. Sure. So it's like, oh, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you probably had eating. that thought, like, what the heck? Yes. <laughs> I'm just eating dinner. And, I mean, and it was like at the grocery store, no less. Like, giant eagles, like, you know, whatever. Anyways, uh, in that, on my way home, I started thinking, what if you gathered women in Akron who are doing cool, amazing things that uh, are known and unknown, right? And actually, yes. it shifted more to, more to the unknown. The first year was more some more known people. But to break down what we just talked about, like, people want to put other people on pedestals. Well, I could never start a nonprofit in college. I didn't start a nonprofit in college. I hung out with some teenagers in a community center and gave them pizza. Like, yes. does that make sense? So we want we want to like put people on this. I could never, right? Mm-hmm. And really, what Akron Our Purpose is about is highlighting any any woman who mm-hmm. is doing cool things for Jesus. And some of that, you know, we've had speakers who. Uh, who adopted nine kids, right? <laughs> like fostering yes. and adopting nine kids. Yes. We have, uh, you know, women who are teachers or stay-at-home moms or uh, business owners or like the temptation at times is to compare. But God is, if 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 everybody was called to teenagers and, and Kenmore, it would be real awkward, oh, right? God, yeah. <laughs> Don't come compete with me. God mm-hmm. didn't create you for that God created no. me for that and I think it's fantastic and some of you are saying oh my gosh I would never want to hang out with teenagers right mm-hmm. and that's okay God didn't create you with that passion right. but God's created all of us and so what Akron Women Our Purpose is is it's it's really about three things Jesus women Akron and that's simple. it it's so simple <laughs> people have asked can we can we have you know ministry tables can we have business table nope we don't do anything. I've had people ask, "Hey, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, sp- I'm a professional speaker. Can uh-huh. I come speak? No. Can I? <laughs> I live in Georgia, but I used to live in Akron. Can I speak? No. <laughs> right? And why? Because I want to just highlight the average woman mm-hmm. and say God is using her. And so you come as you are. Right? Mm-hmm. I wear Converse every day, so I come in Converse <laughs> in a hoodie because that's pretty much what I wear every day, and I'm okay with it. Right? And I've had speakers who are like, oh, man, I love high heels. Fantastic. Wear high heels. (laughs) And so you come as you are, not to look at each other, but to just be encouraged. And I want people leaving saying, like, yes, Yes. I'm a woman in Akron. That's how I felt. (laughs) And, um, yeah, I I genuinely believe, I wholeheartedly believe, if every woman were obedient to the space that God called her to, you would see radical spiritual transformation in our city. Definitely. And I, s- definitely. I'll vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> and so I try and get everybody in the room one day, and I pray. This is honestly how it works. I pray. God shows me speakers. Sometimes in crazy ways, right? Because I, mm-hmm. I don't want it just to be people I know. Right. Um, and then the day of... We have worship, and uh, we have speakers who kind of just share 20 minutes. Every speaker shares 20 minutes of their story. Mm-hmm. I never know what they're going to say. Mm-hmm. I just say. They probably don't either. They don't either. <laughs> I say, I trust the Spirit. The Spirit showed me that you should speak. 
I can't wait to see what happens. And so I mm-hmm. just say, I'm the timekeeper. Like, God does it, I'm the timekeeper. And God does radical things on this day. Yes. Awesome things. You feel encouraged. You feel empowered. You're like, yes. so glad you're a woman in Akron, right? Yes. <laughs> Be crying. Yes, there's some crying. I do buy tissues. Uh, and it's and it's so encouraging, but yes. it's nothing I'm doing. Now, let me give one. Here's the thing. I've done it, and every year I say, God, I don't know if I'm going to do it next year. You show me, right? Because I don't want to just put it on my calendar every year and, and it not be from God. Right. Well, every year that I've done it, I promote it but I don't invite people right it's like I'm gonna do this event if you want to come great if you don't Mm -hmm. okay last year after the first after we were done I was so confident we were doing it in 2020 and God is doing something different than he's ever done Mm -hmm. and I don't know what it is but I'm so excited and so I'm inviting everyone and I'm saying like don't miss it like I'm making my mom come in from Florida Okay, mom. Don't (laughs) miss it. Because I just, I think God's doing something, and I don't know that I'm going to leave on that day and say, you know, at 153, this happened and this is what it was. But I I sense so strongly God is doing something even different and more than he's done in the past, which is astounding to me because he's done some crazy things at this event. That I, like, keep telling everybody, like, you need to come. You need to come, like, just come. Does that make sense? Be there, be square. Be there. You don't <laughs> want to miss it. It includes lunch. So it's March 7th, uh, 9 to 3. It includes lunch and coffee. And if you put in, can I give a plug? Yeah. I mean, great. If you put in life, her, um, in the discount code. So if I ask for a promo code and you put life, her, you'll only pay $20 to come to this thing. Okay, Y'all so listen to this now. <laughs> it's normally $35. If you can't afford it, it text just me. sells out fast. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> the, uh, we do have a larger space, but yes, sometimes we've sold out in the past. Oh, yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. Now, I don't say this because I run this event, I say this because God does something crazy there, and I just don't want you to miss it. So, if you're a woman in the Akron area, it doesn't even have to be Akron, it could be Cleveland, it could be Youngstown. We do have women from all over. Um, but I'm not promoting this because I do this great event. I'm doing this because God is doing yes. something crazy and powerful and mm-hmm. there's so much diversity in age and yes. race yes. and all of the things <laughs> i'm telling y'all i um like i was telling you before we aired i invited like so many women to come and i have i i plan for myself to have a goal to invite a certain amount of women wow. each time to come because it's very uplifting and inspiring and then you know some people went they be like, oh, I don't want to go, I want to go. But then if you go live on Facebook or you take pictures of, oh, man, I should have went, I should have this, I should have. I'm telling y'all, y'all need to go. <laughs> <laughs> don't should have, could have, would have, nothing. Just be there. I'm telling you, it's uplifting, inspiring. One thing I can say, I've been to so many events with women. And you will come across women that's not engaging or women that's nasty to you and everything. I'm telling you, throughout the whole event, all you feel is the spirit of God. Hmm. 
every single woman communicates with each other. You, I then sat down during the lunch period with women I never met before, <laughs> but we're communicating with each other like we've known each other for years. Yeah. So the whole vibe and the environment and everything, it brings you to a comfort zone where you've never been before, but it feels like you've been there before. So that's the amazing part about it. So I really pray and hope that you guys really look into African Women on Purpose because um, it'll change your life. Wow. Tremendously. <laughs> well, that's super you. encouraging <laughs> to hear on my end. If you, I mean, the, yes. the highest compliment is that God is there, right? Yes. The Spirit is there. Definitely. You walk in and you're like, wow, like, this is powerful. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, and I help run it. <laughs> Seriously, it, it's really like that. And I'm happy that God has put that in you. Because even though it's going to be people pulling you everywhere, they're like, can you do Cleveland on purpose? Can you do Columbus? So you know it's going to come. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you just have to go with whatever you feel, too. And yeah. people have to understand that and respect that. Yeah. So you guys hear that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So as far as Akron Women on Purpose and First Glance, who are you? Like, how do you feel after you doing so much of helping others and everything? How do you help yourself? That also is a great question. Yeah. Um, this has taken me a long time to learn. Um, I, I have finally started, I have not mastered this, to own who I am. And Ooh. so in the sense of what I need to recover. Um, on Thursday nights we have rec night. There's 125 teenagers this past week, they were literally jumping over tables and having a pillow fight, right? I mean, it's just fun. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. We have glow-in-the-dark dance parties. We have all these things. Every Thursday night, no matter who's living in my household, they know that I take a bath, right? Like, I have to unwind. And so Tuesday nights normally are my alone night. So okay. it's just worked out that most Tuesday nights, my husband always is running, is helping run the skate park at first glance, and I okay. typically don't have responsibilities on Thursday or Tuesday night at first glance. Okay. And so... I make wings and I watch TV and I rec- and I recover and it's okay to say I'm going to recover. It's okay to say no, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I block off things in my schedule right. where it, if somebody says to me, "Hey, do you want to get dinner on Tuesday night?" I'll say, "I'm sorry, I have an obligation." Now the temptation is to say, "Oh, well, I'm free. Am I free?" Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, no, right? I've already that. scheduled it for myself mm-hmm. and I'm okay with that. Right, and so we can't function in guilt yes. when we function in. I should. This person need you know. Mm-hmm. You need you. You need you. So figure out how you. And this is a question I ask a lot of women. How do you recover? Right, because there are going to be you know maybe you have kids in the house or job or husband or all these things. Um, ministry, you're helping people. How do you recover and then hold on to that? I had to learn I wasn't God, which yes. nobody would say I'm God, right? I know. No. But, but God gives you things to try to make you like him or close to it. And that's yes. exactly what you're doing. Yes. And so I tell all new staff at first glance, especially like, it is okay to turn off your phone. So we always take Wednesdays off because we work sometimes on Wednesday, on weekends and 
and we have a lot of night programs and Mm -hmm. so we take a day off during the week it's wednesday turn off your phone there is very few real emergencies that you have to be there for right and so the temptation is to always make somebody else's crisis your emergency and you don't have to do that right? right like there's if somebody's gas bill didn't get paid and they need money they'll that bill will still be there tomorrow it's Mm -hmm. going to be okay right like there are things that we can do and we can step into but most of those things can wait yes and it sounds in our mind we don't think it can in our minds we've got to fix it yes sounds good but we gotta mm-hmm. make it happen yes so <laughs> that's what you make it happen you have to make time for yourself you have to and you have to stay connected you have to t- stay connected to the father so yes. you know i already talked about john 15 my other favorite verse is luke 5 15 and 16 and this here's your paraphrase of it but uh crowds were gathering around jesus and he was healing them of their infirmities. That's what the scripture says. And then, what does he do? Verse 16. He withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. Right. Mm-hmm. The, the man is literally healing people. And we know from the Bible, he was raising people from the dead. Right? Mm-hmm. There is nothing that you are doing that is that. Right? <laughs> if I'm helping people, you know... Uh, I can help people in a lot of ways. Now, occasionally, you know, it is they need food or they need, you know, they need something. And we can we can step in and fill that need. But mm-hmm. the majority of the time, I could turn off my phone on Wednesday and nobody needs me. And it's going to be okay. And you know what? God is still in control. Yeah, that's <laughs> and so you have to know who you are and know what refuels you. And give yourself permission to do that. So let me tell you what you just did. Right? <laughs> so I asked you, how are you and how you take a break for yourself? With the beautiful heart that you have, you still converted into talking about helping other people. Now y'all hear this passion, right? <laughs> she She's still, calling me out. Yes. <laughs> she still managed to do that. And that that's the beauty of it. Of we finding ourselves do it, but yet you identify it. So that's a huge step. Yes. But when people ask you that question, <laughs> you need to make it about you only. Okay. <laughs> Can you ask me the question again? I'll do it right this time. <laughs> no, see. Now, how is it, um, as far as you and your husband, you got, he works at first glance too. You guys find yourself very supportive of each other, teamwork. How does that work for you guys to have time for each other? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, so he unofficially works for First Glance. Okay. <laughs> and he works from home. He has a software company. Um, it. I'm grateful. Tim is a very supportive husband. And I, um, sometimes I laugh because I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure his life wouldn't look like this if he weren't married to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, Annie, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. Right. Um, we, again, have to be intentional about time and time together, right? You can be in the same room mm-hmm. doing ministry and not really be together. 
Right. And so it's all it, that's tricky. It's it's tricky when you're doing ministry with your spouse. It's tricky in this role. Mm-hmm. I am the leader, right? So I'm the director of first glance, and he comes in technically as a volunteer. And okay. so, um, luckily, he's supportive of that, right? Yes. There's not this power struggle. There's not this mm-hmm. domineering. Um, because that can happen, yes. right? Yes, Essentially, this man is submitted to my leadership in that role, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's we shift around roles, and um, but yeah, it's it's there are days that's hard, right? And that's mm-hmm. why there's some joy right now that we um, that we don't have anybody living with us because that's again another space where we're like, not only did we were we helping people at first glance or helping people in the community i mean this isn't even just like first glance mm-hmm. now we have somebody living in our house or multiple people living in our house right and and just navigating all of that and so again gratefully tim and i have just had to be very committed to mm-hmm. each other that's good that's good and, of each other. <laughs> and to this crazy life and Tim just rolling with it. And Tim just rolls with it. Sometimes <laughs> like, hey, honey, I'm sorry, by the way. Yes. Um, I mean, like, one time I signed three people up to live with us. Ooh. And that meant we had to, like, literally finish our basement so that we had enough rooms. Oh, wow. <laughs> and he did it. Aww. Like that, those are the things that every once in a while, like I get us into, and I think, yeah. like, oh man, this man, yeah, I really, I do. Amazing, he is. You don't come across good men like that. No, either. and for you to be blessed with him, yeah. So early on, mm-hmm. you know, it's just sort of you guys walking the waves with each other. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah, it helped that we got married in May, and we started first glance in September. Oh. And so, when I mean, this is 20 years ago, so we're coming mm-hmm. up on our 20th anniversary. And that's huge. Like, yes. we don't know each other or marriage without first glance, which, you know, we can debate whether that's healthy or yeah. healthy. There's some both But ends. it works for you guys. But it works for us, yes. and it helps that we've built it together. In the very beginning, Tim was a really key, integral part of it, right, mm-hmm. and made all the decisions. And now we have a staff, and so he's less involved in mm-hmm. some of those things, but still a huge part, and we wouldn't be where we are. And I wouldn't be where I was without a supportive husband who says, okay, well, you're not going to get paid for three years and still work full-time, and that's right. okay, and I'm going to just support us, right? Yeah. So. So that's amazing. So what do you like to do fun for yourself? Um, Besides the kids. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes, debatable and fun uh, some days. Uh, but, yes, I bike. So I nice. I bicycle. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to do more long distance. Sadly, my long distance bike partner moved. So that's Aww. a little... I'm still mourning that loss. Um, and I I rock climb. So there's a bouldering wow. gym um, in Akron. And I like bouldering. I didn't know the difference, but uh-huh. bouldering versus rock climbing. Bouldering, you have no harnesses. So you only wow. go, go up so high. So you don't have to have somebody harnessing yeah. or like belaying you. Anyways, and so I try and do that a couple, two to three days a week. Wow. Um, I have to, I like to work out. It's good for my physical and mental health Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I can't, like, if you made me run, I would punch you in the face kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, I hate running and I hate exercising. But wow. if you trick me into exercising, like rock climbing or bicycling or playing basketball, uh-huh. I'm all in, right? You're lucky you got me doing this. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I have to trick myself into working out. Or, but, I mean, it's it's fun. Like, uh-huh. I really like biking. I really like climbing. Wow. So what is something real inspiring that you could give a message to the women that are listening? That's a good question. Um, I think I want to, and I've said it in different ways on this already, but if I could encourage every woman to own the things about her in the way that she is, please do. Own who you are. Yes. God has created you uniquely and individually, and so own that uniqueness and individualness. Yes. I am a bit of a perfectionist and I fall into this category, right? And so my staff has learned, like if we're setting out cans of pop, they all have to be in the same flavor and the, you know, and the labels have to be pointed out, right? Right. (laughs) Now, not everybody functions in this Mm -hmm. perfection. And I've started to call it charming, right? A friend of mine years ago said, call it part of your charm. It is part of my charm, right? And so some of my particular or my perfectionists have lended well to run an organization. Mm -hmm. And there's some parts of it that can, you know, be annoying for my husband. It's okay to own that. And so don't be ashamed of the fact. I'm not ashamed of the fact that I'm a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, It's just you. It's just me. So when I write in my Bible, I always give this example. When I write in my Bible, I use a ruler. I want straight lines. Oh, you're a perfectionist for real. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist for real. <laughs> That's okay. And instead of being embarrassed or ashamed of the fact that I think everybody should use a ruler, um, I just own it. And so if every woman would own the way that God has created them, mm-hmm. right, I, I can't – they're still at 41 years old. I'm hesitant at times that I'm wearing, you know, flames, converse, right? But yeah, what's that's you. That's who I am. And so if I can own who I am, it gives other people the freedom to own who they are. Mm-hmm. And so we don't need to compare each other to yes. each other. You are uniquely created by God. Own it. Mm-hmm. And walk it, girl. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us how can we get in touch with you? And also information on First Glance and Akron Women on Purpose. Sure. Uh, so if you go to firstglance.org, all of our information is there, and you can connect to our social media and things there. Um, Akron Women on Purpose, you can either, uh, you can search actually Akron on Purpose, and that will bring up our website. Right. Um, and then you can also get a hold of me through Noel at firstglance.org. Um yeah, so there's tons of ways you can research us or contact me. You can mm-hmm. ask me any question you want. Send me an email, and I'll be happy to Definitely. connect. And we will have the information displayed on all our social media networks, so you guys can also look her up from there as well. Mm-hmm. And so thank you, everyone, for tuning in to Life Her Podcast, where we help heal women all over the world. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook on lifeher.com. And also, lifeherpodcast.com. You can also 
purchase merchandise and listen to other episodes of our podcast and thank you ladies i am your Viv lloyd like her and love yourself love you guys